Thank you. Please remain standing for the reading of the scripture, which is found on page 1624 in the Pew Bibles, Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 31. Hear the word of God. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me a share, my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the breast robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied. And your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My my son, the father said, you are always with me. And everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. This is the word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. Okay. So if you haven't caught on yet, we've been doing a series called Closer to God. And I think this is the fourth, fifth in that series. And each time it's been a parable. Because the parables that that Jesus spoke were spoken so that we could understand the kingdom of God and in some way draw closer to him. So from the lost sheep to the wheat and the tares and today's parable, lost son, it's all about getting closer to him. So... I don't have paper and pen for everybody, but in your mind, I want you to make a list, okay? I want you to make you a list 
up to five things. It could be one thing, it could be two, it could be three, four, five. Things that you think you need to do to get closer to God. Okay? Everybody make that list. I'll give you a couple seconds. Now I want you to take that list and rip it up. Don't even finish making the list. Don't even start. Because there is nothing, 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 nothing you can do on your own to get closer to God other than believe and trust in Him. That should be the only thing on the list. Believe and trust in Him. But what about that I need to take care of this thing in my past? Or what about this ongoing sin that I have? That's keeping me from God, right? No. There's nowhere in the Bible that says, in fact, we talked about this. If you can start on the equator and go east and tell me the time when you hit, start going west, if you can do that, then you can make that list because you can go around and around and around and never touch the west. You'll continually be going east. And that's how far your sins are from your relationship with God. They're as far as the east is from the west. So what's this parable all about? Well, before we get into it, I want to explain some of the traditional thoughts on this. The traditional thought is that the younger son, the one who squandered everything, is Christians, and the older one is Jews. And that's reasonable to believe, but I believe it's more than that. You see, we're talking about Jesus who said that he had come for the lost sheep of Israel. Okay? Are those the Jews? Partially. We have to go way back to the book of 2 Kings, 1 Kings maybe, 1st or 2 Kings, I can't remember exactly now. There was a civil war. Twelve tribes of Israel separated into ten and two. Ten northern tribes became known as the kingdom of Israel. The two southern tribes became known as the kingdom of Judah, which later became known as Jews. So those ten to the north, and Hosea, God is pretty angry. And he says, I'm going to take them, I'm going to scatter them all over the world. And he did. And they never came back. Now, the, the two in, in the south, he was angry with them too. He sent them to Babylon, but brought them back. Okay? They were with him always. After they came, even when they were in Babylon, and when they came back, they were always known as his, his people. The ones to the north, he said, you are not my people. But he also said that in that day when you're called not my people, you shall be called the sons of the living God. And Peter made reference to that in Acts chapter 2, that the time had come to reunite the kingdom. So I believe that in this parable, we're talking about the younger son being those who were scattered into the world. He went to the farthest parts of the world and squandered his inheritance and then was brought back, not as a hired servant, as a son, and God rejoiced over them for their coming back. Where does that leave us as the Gentiles? Well, in the world, we're all the Gentiles, and when God brings all of Israel back, we got brought back with him. So yes, in a way, we are the younger son, but even in greater thought, we are, they are Israel. So that's some of the background on it. So now, where do we go with this? So back to this list that I told you to make. There are so many people in this world. I was one of them at one time. 
I have to get rid of this. I have to start doing this. I have, I kept saying, I, I, I. And God stopped me one day and said, why are you saying I? Why are you saying I? He pointed me to 2 Corinthians 5.17. says, therefore, if you are in Christ Jesus, you are a new creation. The old is gone, the new is here. A new creation. And then John 3, 3, when, when just John chapter 3 in general, when Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, he says, you have to be born again. And Nicodemus is like, you know you can't do that, right? I'm, I'm an adult, I can't be born again. Jesus says, flesh gives birth to flesh, spirit gives birth to spirit. You were give, when, you were give, when your mother gave birth to you, her flesh gave birth to your flesh. But when you believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior, the Holy Spirit gives birth to your spirit, and you're born again. So this spirit is holy, is righteous. So you, in your spirit... Are holy and righteous. In your flesh, you are fleshy. You're going to sin. So that got me thinking, God, you're saying that when I'm born again, my sins don't count against me. Bingo. When I'm born again, I get to go to heaven. Bingo. When I, so I don't need to worry about my sins. Well, they're still, they're still Romans 6.23 which says that the wages of sin is death. doesn't mean you can just go on sinning. You can do whatever you want. You can be whatever you want and just care nothing about it. doesn't say that at all. The Bible says that your sins are not counted against you. This father in this parable welcomed his son back after he squandered everything. His entire inheritance just squandered it all. So I ask you, if you have children, how many of you, if your children just did the worst things to you, called you names, left you, said, I don't want anything to do with you, completely denounced everything about you, how many of you would not accept them back? That's what I thought. That's exactly what I thought. Do you think God's not going to accept you back? He absolutely is going to accept you back. Because you're born again, and you're born of the Spirit. Okay, so have you ever heard the saying, a fish doesn't know it's wet? If you've never heard it, it makes, makes sense, right? Fish is constantly swimming in water. I don't know I'm wet. What, what do you mean wet? What, what is wet? Now, we, when we take a shower, we go in a swimming pool, it starts raining. We know what it's, I don't like this. I want to get inside and get some dry clothes on. We know we're wet, right? But a fish, unless you pull it out of the water and say, oh, I guess I was wet. I don't like this. Put me back in. We need to get to the point where we don't even realize we're walking in the Spirit. We just do it. Because when we don't even realize, we don't say, hey, I'm walking in the Spirit today. People, I'm walking in the Spirit. 
Don't even think about it. Just do it. Just as a fish doesn't know it's wet, we should not know that we're walking in the Spirit because it should be so much a part of us, so much of who we are. The old is past, the new has come. We died to the flesh. We were crucified with Christ. Now we live in Him. Paul says it so many ways in, in all the different epistles. The old is gone and we are new. So we just walk in this and we don't have to think about what we had in the past. And when you do, yes, we still live in this physical body, which is prone to sin. There will be times when we will commit sins. There will be times when we accidentally do. There will be times when we willfully do. But we must not think that our Father's not going to accept us back when we come back because he will always accept us back. But the thing that we're going to get rid of is this concept, this idea that I can just do whatever I want, because as we walk in the Spirit and not in the flesh, the Holy Spirit's working in our bodies. It's renewing us. It's When we're born physically, we learn to crawl. Then we walk. And then we run. And then we grow older. Or as Steve said, sometimes wider. I know I've done that too. <laughs> we grow in the flesh. We, we grow in fleshly things. When we grow in the spirit, we grow in spirit things. And we won't even think about that concept of sin anymore. It's so much in our past, so much who we used to be, that it doesn't matter. It matters, but it doesn't matter. Does that make sense? We can't be focused on oh, I messed up again. We confess it to God and we move on and ask God, how do I not do this in the future? That's the part of growing in the Spirit. That's the part that God is saying to us, you are like that son, I'm bringing you back and putting on you this robe, this ring, this crown, giving you this feast because you were lost and now you're found. You were dead, and now you're alive. So how do we get to this point where we, we're just simply not even realizing that we're in this walking in the Spirit? Not knowing that we're walking in the Spirit. How do we get there? Well, just as I said, when we are born, we don't know that we can't walk. A baby does not know that it cannot walk, but it learns Oh, first of all, I learned, oh, hey, look, I can sit up on my own. Then they learn, oh, I can move my hands and feet and I can crawl. Then they learn, pull yourself up, stand tall and take that step. And they start walking. And then they start bringing joy to our lives and they become teenagers and that all changes, right? Just kidding. <laughs> so, what I'm saying is, we don't know when we're first born again what to do. But the Spirit is teaching us. Just as parents teach their children, the Spirit of God is teaching us. And we get to that point where we're walking on our own in the Spirit, we're living in the Spirit, we're praising God, we're worshiping Him, and we're saying, hmm, I don't know that I'm walking in the Spirit. I'm just doing it. It becomes second nature. 
And what happens as a result of that? Do you become sinless? No, but you sure do sin less. Sure do sin less. Because you're now walking in the Spirit and obeying God. Let's talk about that for a moment. Jesus said in John 16, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. Does that mean that in order for us to show God our love, we have to obey? Now, think about how I said that. I'm going to say it again. If we love God, that we have to show him by how we obey? See, a lot of people try to do that. I got to obey God because I love him. Wait, there's a word in there, a one-letter word, that we need to remove. I. Instead, let's get in the mindset of, I obey God because I love God. I obey God because that's what I'm supposed to do. I obey God because he taught me to walk, and now I'm walking in the Spirit. Our obedience will come. When we feel like we have got to force anything, then we're not walking in the Spirit. We kind of reverted back. We have got, when we do walk in the Spirit, we no longer have to say, I. We no longer have to make these lists. Because that's what the prodigal son did. He's like, I sinned against God in heaven, uh, and my Father in heaven. I need to go back and ask Him for forgiveness. I could be eating better. And he runs back to his dad and he says, I sinned against you in heaven. And his father says, didn't say, oh, you're forgiven. He says, hey, bring the best stuff and put it on him. Didn't even listen to what he was saying about what he had done. He's like, you came back. We're going to have a feast. God does care about our sins because our sins are harmful to us. The wages of sin is death. If you continue in a sin and you say, okay, well, you know, I just, I can't get past it. It could do something to you. In John chapter 5, Jesus went to the man who was laying at the pool of Bethesda, and he healed him. And what did he say to him after he healed him? Sin no more unless something worse will happen to you. We don't know what his sins did that caused his paralysis, but he said, sin no more unless something worse happens to you. Our sins are not good for us. That's something that we need to avoid, but we avoid it when we walk in the Spirit and we just don't even realize, because a fish doesn't realize it's wet, we're walking in the Spirit and next thing you know, hmm, things are getting better. Things are getting better. So, Romans 12.2 says, well, Romans 12.1 and 2, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We know what the pattern of the world is. We live in this world. We see the pattern of this world. When we avoid the pattern of this world and we renew our minds to say, God will lead me. God will teach me. The Holy Spirit is within me. The Holy Spirit is my guide. And I live by the Holy Spirit. We stop saying, I need to whatever, 
and we start, start saying, God, teach me how to. Show me how to. God, help me with. When we put the onus on him, we are not going to fail. God will not fail you. But when we say, I need to, and I make a list, and I start putting things down, I'm going to fail. And I can tell you that from experience, because I've made lists, and I have failed. But when God came to me and taught me these things, oh, I still fail. I'm still a sinner. But I don't identify as a sinner. You know, the whole world's all talking about identity now and how you identify as whatever. Well, let me tell you what to identify as. You are a child of God. That should be your identity. Nothing else. You are a child of God. And He has made you who you are. And He, Christ died for us so that we, all sin was put on Him so that we may become the righteousness of God. Did you know that you are the righteousness of God? There's some identity for you. A child of God. The righteousness of God. We are children of the God, of the God we serve. And 1 John tells us that the, wit, the Spirit witnesses to our spirits that we are children of God. There should be no more further discussion than that. So how do we renew our minds? Like I've been saying every week, prayer, that intimacy with God. Not just speak, but listen. Hear what he has to say. He is speaking. I promise you, he's speaking to every one of you. Read the Bible. Find wisdom and understanding in what we read. No, you may not understand it right away, but you will find wisdom and understanding in what you read. And then praise and worship God. To have that joy with him. Do these things, being led by the Spirit, and you will not realize, just as a fish doesn't realize it's wet, you won't realize you're walking in the Spirit because it'll just be second nature. It'll be who you are. And then when those, we still live in this world, when those things come at us, we can just say, I'm a child of God goes away. We can do this. We can do this because it's been proven. People do it every day, and we can do it too. We can get closer to God. We can be that prodigal son that has returned. Don't say you can't. Don't say you've tried. Take that word you out and put God in there. Take that word I out, put God in there, and watch what happens. It'll happen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for being our righteousness, for being our lead, our guide, for being our love, for being everything that we are, Lord. Thank you for giving birth to our spirit that we can walk in your spirit. Oh, Lord, Open our eyes and open our ears to hear and see all that you have for us. Let us go out of this place today with more knowledge and understanding than we came in with. Let us go out with less of the world and more of you. Let this day be a day of new beginnings for us as we encounter you wholly.
today. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.